My husband is on unemployment for the first time in our life. And it's unwillingly that we're taking unemployment. We want to go back to work. Time for our state to be opened up. We're tired of not being able to buy the things that we need, go to the hairdressers, get our hair done. It's time to open up. Who's ready to stand defiant against this governor and open up business tomorrow? I know that people are angry and that's okay and if you want to take it out and send it my way if it makes you feel better that's fine we know that this rally endangered people When people gather that way without masks, they were in close proximity, they were touching one another, that that's how COVID-19 spreads. And so the sad irony here is that the protest was that they don't like being in this stay home order. And they may have just created a need to lengthen it, which is something that we're trying to avoid at all costs. and thank you for listening to the LLP Media Let's Talk About It segment. I am May J and I'm here with Christine Ayabe. Hello. How you doing today? I'm doing good. Doing good? Yeah. Everything's been good since this whole pandemic thing has been going on? I mean, as good as it can be, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that everybody kind of has the same sentiments. However, um, Disregarding all the bad, I do think the time that we've had has been kind of enlightening for the environment. I've been yeah. hearing birds chirp and it's been interesting. Yeah, and I've been seeing pictures of like, you know, all the pollution going down and mm-hmm. it's been great. And then I've also been seeing all the memes and stuff. But <laughs> on the other hand, it's just, it's been great to see like nature just kind of like doing its thing and like recovering and yeah nice yeah I've I've been really enjoying that I think I went to Target last weekend because we we wound up needing some like dental material like dent sticks I cannot live without uh floss I just can't (laughs) your teeth are important guys take care of your teeth (laughs) but (laughs) it just felt different outside like it smelled different um I, I smelled like the the bushes that we have in our backyard trying to bloom. And then there's a cat that keeps trying to spray by our window. I'm going to have to kill it. N- not really, but <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of with everything else going on, it's really nice to see nature, you know, mm-hmm. even though it snowed in April. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was so angry. Because we, we had been getting, like, super nice weather up up until then. And then it just got super cold. And then it snowed. 
and I'm just like, are you kidding me? It, it, it's spring. What? How dare you? <laughs> no, that was spring saying, haha, I fooled you, still winter. April <laughs> <laughs> fools! Literally. <laughs> I feel like we've been April fooled all year, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. April Fool's was like, this is my year, bitch. <laughs> 2020, let's go. Right. And you thought you was going to see with clear eyes. <laughs> um, so at the beginning of this podcast, we played a clip um, from Michigan, actually. There have been a lot of different protests throughout the United States with people asking to go back to work amid COVID-19. Um, it appears that individuals are forgetting and or just not paying attention to the numbers and not paying attention to the news and not paying attention to the dire need to assist life. And they're demanding to go back to doing their regular daily things. Um, I.e. some of the things I heard in that video that we played was we need to get our hair done. Um, we, we need to go back to work. I'm on unemployment for the first time in my life, which was interesting because she didn't say she was on unemployment. She said her husband was on unemployment, which tells me that she either doesn't work or maybe she's just working from home. Either way, um, she stated that she was on unemployment for, you know, the first time in her life. So her and her husband were getting paid from the state, from the state to go out and protest and, hold up signs that were very um disheartening. And so today we're going to talk about what is actually losing your human rights and has COVID-19, the pandemic and the state order to stay home been a violation of anyone's human rights? Yeah, that's, that is a huge, I think, topic that needs to be talked about right now. Um, and, you know, we've all been seeing a bunch of people on socials and a bunch of people just sort of venting out their frustrations online. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get it. I, I think it's valid that you have those frustrations and those emotions. I just want to come forward and say that. Um, but also at the same time, I feel and think that all of us just need to take a step back real quick and realize that, hey, this, all of these like shelter in place um, orders and the quarantine and social distancing is extremely important. Um, And it's there for a reason. Um, And if we push forward and try and like, reopen businesses and try to go back to work right now um when like you know the curve is just beginning to flatten it's almost the equivalent of like stopping your antibiotics when you're just starting to feel good right Uh, or like you know how some states are actually not having following like quarantines or anything like they're just kind of doing like just chilling like everything's normal um and I saw a meme that said yeah so basically that's the same thing as having a pee zone in a swimming pool um so it's it's super important 
to realize that this is actually making a difference. Um, and it's not just some inconvenience to life. And yes, there are definitely people in circumstances in life circumstances that are struggling. And I think that's where it's important to come together as a community and take care of each other. Um, I completely agree. I do want to say that I feel people's thoughts and their feelings of frustrations are very valid. I feel that everybody is frustrated. We're all doing something. Most people who are living in this time are living through something that none of us have ever went through. You know, we, we, we don't really deal with natural disasters here. Um, there are some states who do, but within the part, like within Illinois, we really don't. We don't get, we didn't get Katrina. So we, we've never dealt with something that was so life altering that we've had to, you know, kind of sit back and really reflect or um, had to stop any of our day-to-day activities. But I do want to talk about what human rights are. Because I feel that they're taking this to an extreme. Um, Let's talk about our government, right? (laughs) Let's (laughs) Um, talk about it. I, in in history, have never seen the government purposefully stop anyone from going to work. I have never seen the government do anything to purposefully crash the economy. We are in a state that is more so money driven than I don't want to say people driven, but it's true. You know, this this system, you know, they they want to make sure that they're we're making money. Our economy is thriving. There's jobs there. You know, the higher people are getting paid and the lower grunt people are maintaining those jobs because who can go shopping if no one's in the stores, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So. I, I want to bring attention to that because it's like you're you're acting as if the government is doing this to harm you when in reality, the government needs these workers in order to keep functioning. Yeah. So I think that's one thing that needs to be said. Your argument of, of we need our jobs back. They know you need your jobs back. They need their money. Like, you know, <laughs> they need you to go and, and, and work because without us, there is no economy. There is no money to do all the things that we honestly never get to see anything from. Mm-hmm. Um, it is our money. And without money, you can't pay taxes. <laughs> so, you know, it's it, that part of it doesn't make sense to me. It's like, why do you feel the government will shut everything down and then you would have to protest to be able to go back to work. Yeah. When there are people who work at Amazon who are protesting so that they shouldn't go to work, so that they don't have to go to work, because Corona, there was a Corona, couple cases popped up there. They ignored it. Now it's more than a couple cases, and yeah. they're afraid of getting sick. Yeah. So it's like, though I understand your frustrations, I have to ask, like, are you thinking this through? Mm-hmm. it it it's yeah it's a thing that I get super frustrated about especially when I hear like I don't know just the way that they say it you know Mm -hmm. uh it 
like whenever I hear people complain about it, it's always like focused on themselves. And yes, I get that you're frustrated and your life sucks. But at the same time, it's just like, do you understand what like the people who are working, the people who are considered as essential right now, who go to work, even though they don't have to, um, to bring you the things that you need, basically, um, and to serve in these roles so that we can all have um, our basic needs met during this time. And they're basically, like, risking their lives, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, And so whether that be, like, the people who work at the grocery stores or um, all, like, all of the people who work in a medical facility. So it's not just doctors and nurses. It's also, like, the janitors, the secretaries, um, all of those people. Because if they weren't there, if they aren't there to work, like, none of, none of, nothing in that hospital or medical community community would function like it would all just break down you know i don't think people understand the importance of a janitor in a in a medical facility like the danger of a doctor the danger of a nurse the danger of the clerk that checks you in when you first come but the danger of a person who has to clean up wherever the individual was that had COVID-19, who has to pick up that tissue, because everybody does it, they'll cough, they'll have a tissue, they'll drop it, they have to pick that up, who has to wipe down everything they might have touched. You know, the danger of that individual, especially when we're in a place now where I wonder, do we even have proper cleaning materials for this? Right. If you don't have gloves for the doctors and you don't have masks for the doctors and they're the ones who are receiving it first, can you imagine who's at the end of that line to receive the materials that they need? Yeah. The janitors. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Like, that's frightening to me. So when I was listening to that rally or that protest or whatever, it infuriated me because then I saw a tweet from, doc- from I almost called this idiot a doctor. I'm sorry. Donald Trump. <laughs> Donald Trump, who said, who was tweeting, liberate this state, liberate that state. And I'm just like, you're encouraging them to go against the order that you gave. Yeah. These, these states can open. We, they need to go back to work. So what happens when the cases triple? Mm -hmm. Because people rush to go back to work. Mm -hmm. Poetic justice would be, and I don't wish it on anybody. But um, the people who were protesting, someone catches coronavirus when they were out there um, and they don't believe that it's just that serious. And I pray that they live through it, of course. Um, But then they're able to actually see why there was a stay at home order. Mm. You know? Yeah. Now. How do you feel about this whole hair thing? Hmm. Because we were just talking about how our hair is a mess and how it's growing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, I get it. You know, like, yes, it's frustrating. You have to wait to get your hair done. I mean, if you are a patient person and actually are waiting to have your hairdresser or um, 
whoever you go to to get your hair done, if you're being like smart and waiting. Um, I definitely have had some friends who have gone in and tried to cut their hair themselves. And uh, it has not ended. Let's just say that it uh, has provided a lot of entertainment for many people. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yes, it's frustrating. But it's also, like, not the end of the world. So, yes, it's frustrating for you. It is also hard for... um, like, all the people who are working as, like, hairstylists and hairdressers and all of that because they can't work right now. Um, so you got to think about that. But it's also, like, are, are, why I, I don't understand, like, why that's something that you're focused on right now when, like, there are people, there are people dying and and the reason why like the shelter in place thing is a thing is to protect not only yourself but most importantly everybody else um and especially you know those who are more vulnerable to getting it um and yeah like I, it's it blows my mind, and it also just makes me super frustrated. Well, I think that I was telling you that I have a, a small fro under my locks, and by the time this is <laughs> over, it's going to be a jungle. Um, but it, it, the one thing that I, I kind of got from that, because the people whom I saw in the video who were talking about they needed to get their hair done, it was more of a, just a, a need for some maybe a touch-up and dye. And I think the first question that hit me was like, how are you this old and you can't dye your own hair? (laughs) (laughs) Or why is hair your concern right now? You know, it's like, yeah, put a hat on. Yeah. Like my, my husband, he put his hand in my hair and he, he played as if his hand got stuck and it really (laughs) frustrated me at that moment, but I'm not rushing to go get my hair retightened. Like, I I want to talk about the difference between losing your human rights and entitlement. Mm. That's the word. That was the word that I was looking for. (laughs) Yeah. um, As a person who, I'm like a history buff. Um, I like a lot of history, especially when it comes to, like, my history, minority history, you know, the the bad parts of America that we don't like to talk about. Um, Those are the areas that come to mind in situations like this, where you have to think about individuals who essentially didn't have any rights, um, who were not considered human at all, um, who still have to fight for the right to be able to do simple things like have a barbecue in the park. Um, without having the police called on them, yeah. um, things of this nature, you know, or other minorities who have to fight for the right to be able to go to the store and shop and speak their native tongue without being threatened to have ice called on them. Um, being able to do things that essentially make you a human, 
-hmm. speaking, talking, living, not being able to go to your hairdresser. You know, at what point do we stop and say, you're not losing your human rights, you're an entitled fuck. (laughs) No, for lack of better words, of course. (laughs) Yeah. Or to the kids who are protesting because they won't be able to graduate, like, apologize and understand that they're frustrated. They worked four years for this. and They can't walk across the stage, but ask them honestly, how many of them are graduating off of the skin of their teeth? <laughs> you know, like what are we celebrating here? I think when I last watched the news, our death toll was about 45,000 in the United States. Yeah. That's frightening. You know, and for you to say that the virus is not as serious as what they're proclaiming is one thing. But the fact that you're able to go out and protest without being arrested, without even getting a citation, tells me that you have not lost your human rights. What are your thoughts on that? I guess the way that I'm looking at it right now and of course like I'm going to have a different world view I look at it from a different lens and of course I guess I'm sort of biased just because like I'm I'm Asian uh and so um <clears throat> just the way that things have changed for me um you know after all of this like COVID-19 started and I guess, like, the news doesn't provide a lot of coverage of this, but there has been an extreme rise in, like, hate crimes. And even, like, uh, a lot of Asian Americans have been killed. Um, And, I mean, this isn't, like, anything new. Like, stuff like this has happened before. Again, not a lot of news coverage, um, just because that's the way it is when it comes to Asian Americans for some reason. Um, but, like, it's just increased, um, and whenever I have to go to the grocery store, I notice that, like, people are, like, giving me and my mom or whoever I'm out with, because we just don't go out alone anymore, um, are giving us, like, super dirty looks or, you know, just treating us super different. And the way that they walk around us is super different. Haven't gotten any, into any, like, verbal altercations yet or any, like, physical altercations. But I know there's, like, a lot of that tension there. Um, and then a lot of people were saying, like, oh, wow, like, this is, this is really new. Um, you know, the way that, like, Asian treated now. And then I look at them and I'm like no uh like xenophobia has been a thing in america like since like the 1900s um i i have this like list (laughs) that i that i had found in an article that i had read um so uh let's see so they, they had some examples. So when Chinese Americans um, 
first came over, they were excluded from immigration on the basis of race. And they were labeled as perilous. Oh, all the way in, in, in back in 1882. Um, so this started the whole thing of yellow peril, um, if you recognize the name of that. And then in the 1920s and 30s, Filipino American laborers throughout California were discriminated against and were actually violently attacked. Um, innocent Mer American citizens of Japanese descent were unjustly incarcerated during World War II. Um, and then, like, oh... In, in various wars in Korea, Vietnam, Cambodia, and, like, other areas, Asian Americans were, like, sort of demonized as the enemy, regardless of their ethnic origin. Um, <clears throat> and, and then even after, like, 9-11, um, there were, like, just the way that Asian Americans were treated. There were there were definitely some things that had been happening. And after that, there was some like anti-Asian American um, legislation that started getting passed. And we don't, this isn't in the history books. We don't talk about this. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think partially, it's partially due to the fact that, like, historically, Asian Asians are looked at as, like, timid or submissive. You know, that's kind of the stereotype. But mm -hmm. in reality, it's that Asians tend to suffer in silence. Um, that's a part of our culture. It's a thing that we do because when we do it in silence, it sort of shows like strength. Um, right. Because if we don't, if we don't show it, it's just like, hey, yeah, like, we're not showing weakness, you know, we can take it type of thing. Right. Um, but, but now, like, as the next generation of Asian Americans are like growing up, we're starting to see all of this happen. And now we're standing up for ourselves and like speaking out. And we're just going like, hey, like, this ain't right. Um, and there's this new movement that's like starting up and it's called hate hashtag hate is a virus. Um, and so it's just kind of like a lot of people going around on social media and saying like, Hey, like you guys can't treat us as a virus, you know, um, yeah. cause we're people for people and I mean we're here we're not going anywhere um and so a lot of people are are spreading awareness of what's been happening um and kind of speaking out on like hey this is this virus is terrible and we know that you're frustrated and we're frustrated too but it doesn't mean that you can take it out on like a a race because it originated from a country um 
and kind of coming forward and saying like, hey, we're all in this together. I like that. You know, you, you said something interesting as you kind of went through the history of the hate and the xenophobia that really made it, it very rash and kind of harsh statement, but very true. America has always had an issue with colored individuals, mm-hmm. whether they are Asian, Black, um, Mexican, Indian, it doesn't matter. Like mm-hmm. if you are different from what they consider to be the norm, it seems like mm-hmm. it, within the history, there has always been a lot of violence um, and a fight to even just be considered a part, to yeah. be considered human, to be able to do things like walk down the street without being violently assaulted. You know, something um, that really caught my attention when I was thinking about the stimulus checks, and a lot of people don't know this, but um, when President Lincoln freed the slaves, um, because it would stop and kind of halt the amount of work that slave owners would be able to produce because they had so many slaves, he provided them with a stimulus check at that time, $300 for each slave. Yeah. Like we don't think about that when we yell, well, you are, you're, you're taking away my human rights. If you were Asian, just like you were saying, without even knowing your origin, you were deemed a derogatory name. You were (laughs) attacked, you know, you were beaten, things like that. Just as the same with, Black Americans for many, many years, yeah. just the same as Native Americans who we are actually on their native land. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, just the same with Hispanics. Uh, so for me as an individual, as a minority who often feels like hurt because I think of the, like the, the things that my grandmother went through yeah. growing up in like the 40s and the 50s and like the amount of trauma she must have went through. Um, I think about my Hispanic counterparts and the trauma that they've gone through through Trump's full election. Um, Dude. Like, whew. <laughs> and then I see yeah. these people on the back of their pickup trucks um, at the age of retirement running around holding this flag saying that this is the greatest country in the world. And I'm wondering to whom has this country been great to besides mm. you? Mm. It's, it's disgusting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and for you history buffs who are going to be like, when did Lincoln provide the stimulus checks for slaves? I don't see that in history. It was April 16th, 1862. You should look it up. Very dark part of history. Boom. <laughs> and Christine, if you wouldn't mind providing me the link to that list that you were reading from, yeah. I'd like to put that into the description for the podcast because we want to let people know that we're educated here. It was a very like uh, a brief like run over. So it's not like too into the history because it was a part of a statement written by the Asian American uh, Christian Collaborative. Um, And they've started a movement, uh, a very extensive movement on social media um, to educate the public on, like, what, on defining, like, anti, 
Asian racism and what is that and what is xenophobia and um, a lot of Asian Americans have been going around and saying like oh but I'm not Chinese and then and then educating ourselves and our internal xenophobia and addressing the fact that it doesn't matter if you're not Chinese because to other people who are looking at us we all look the same and they're gonna come at us like no matter whether you're Chinese or you're Japanese or you're Filipino or Taiwanese like they just see us as all the same and despite you know whatever ethnicity we are any attack on like a Chinese person or a Korean person it's an opportunity for us to stand in solidarity with any people group and say like hey that's not right type of thing absolutely um I wanted to ask you because I do believe that a lot of the attacks that have been happening on the Asian American community are strictly because of the verbiage used by 45. Um, yes. I, re- I don't like calling him president, so 45. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I, I wanted to ask you if you felt that his position of power has caused these attacks, um, has caused these rallies to be as frequent as they are, because he doesn't ever get on his platform and say, this is wrong. You know, mm-hmm. um, he, I have never heard him say, you know, there have been attacks on the Asian American community because of X, Y, Z, and they need to stop, you know, um, I wanted to know where you where your stance was on that. I do think that the rhetoric that has been used consistently um, does have an impact on the way that Asian Americans have been treated as a recent. I do think that it has been making it worse. Um, and that's a thing that um, the Asian American like Christian collaborative or shortened AACC has spoken about in um, a lot of their social posts and stuff. They make some really nice infographics guys. Like (laughs) you should go follow them. Um, Shameless plug. Uh, (laughs) Cause they, they've talked about it, you know, some of the terms that, um, they've used towards like COVID-19 like what is it Kung flu or whatever I don't I don't know um the China yeah. virus yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so it's just like referring it referring to the virus as that just kind of like puts it into people's minds like hey like it's those people's faults you know creating a us versus them mentality Um, and so that's where that kind of like divisive, um, thought pattern starts. That's kind of where like, um, hatred is sown, you know? Um, and I really think that like 
words do matter. Absolutely. Um, in a future podcast, I want to talk about abuse because yes, <laughs> yes, it's, uh, something that's not really talked about. It's actually a very taboo conversation, especially in certain racial backgrounds. You know, there is always that um, what happens in this house stays in this house mentality. Or as you just said, um, a lot of Asian Americans, like they don't like to, but they suffer in silence. Um, Both of those things in which I feel are traits of an abuse victim. When I listen to the meetings or when I listen to the press releases by Donald Trump, I do see a lot of um, traits of an abuser. He often attacks people to push them away from, let's just say, his child, the U.S., which isolates us, right? So you isolate us from different countries, which will take away from our aid of help. Um, when you're isolated, then you have control of certain players, right? Then you have the red states and the blue states. And then you have the this, what I to call a political war going on, because no one in the White House is really focusing on coronavirus. A couple of days ago, he decided he was going to sign a uh, executive order for immigration. And I just want to know what the fuck does that matter? Because no one can come here and no one can get out as of right now. So as of right now, you're utilizing the situation to push your agenda forward, right? Another form of abuse. Um, And I don't think that people really think of abuse when it comes to the higher powers that be so like political or like the government they don't think of it as abuse because who is donald trump really abusing but he is abusing his power to inadvertently abuse people even the people who support him are getting the short end of a shit stick and they don't really see it that way Mm -hmm. so i want to ask you like do you feel because inadvertently, this is what ha- what's happening. He is being manipulative to separate people. Because when you separate people from each other, you create weakness, right? So then when attacks come, you know, you have all these people upset with Asian Americans because you brought this virus here, which makes absolutely no fucking sense. But okay. Um, <laughs> you, know, you brought this virus here. We hate you. We don't want you here. And then you have a lot of people in the minority communities, I don't know if you've seen this on the news, but a lot of black people are dying from COVID-19 because yeah. all of our pre-existing conditions and the fact yeah. that our hospitals are not equipped to handle this, right? So you have all this stuff going on and then you get Donald Trump, i.e. the guy who wants to be a dictator, i.e. an abuser who is abusing his children, his countries, standing there, pushing his agenda inadvertently killing his children what are your thoughts on the idea of donald trump inadvertently abusing the united states wow i have not looked at it that way before and so thank you for sharing that perspective um yeah i definitely resonate with the fact that he abuses his power a ton (laughs) Uh, I think that, I don't know, if you haven't seen it by now, like, what are you doing? (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's just everything that, that has surrounded 
the situation that's going on right now, everything that has come, like everything that he has like ordered, I guess, um, law-wise, uh, direct, like directly for COVID-19 and all the other stuff that he's doing um, sort of under the table has been harmful for literally everybody mm-hmm. um, and so you've got like you know the Asian Americans who are you know being attacked left and right you've got um, the black community who are dying because nobody's helping them um, mm-hmm. and it's just like they have all these pre pre-existing conditions and then they don't have any resources and then you've got like white people like saying like oh like look at them like (laughs) they're not healthy they're not eating right and this is why they're dying blah 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 I literally had like someone say that to me like oh honey I've had a person ask me why do you think black people are dying from this disease this this um COVID-19 I'm like what the fuck are you asking me like (laughs) like, I'm sorry (laughs) a little hostile I'm sorry (laughs) I I was about to fight this person but it was just like yeah anyways (laughs) um and then like and then you've got like Trump pushing for like hey Let's get everybody back to work. Like, you know, let's let's liberate all these states. And that's just harmful for everybody. Because I don't know if people see this, but it's just like he's valuing money and the economy over life. That right there. That is it. Yeah. I want I want to actually read the definition of liberation. Because I feel like he says a lot of shit. <laughs> people are like willing to regurgitate and they're like yes yes and I'm like that's not it um, liberation is a noun it is the act of setting someone free from imprisonment slavery or oppression um, the liberation of a political prisoner that was a, you know the sentence that they used freedom of limits on thought or behavior so when i think about liberation right the fact that once again i'm able to go outside i can still grocery shop you know people who are receiving some people who are receiving unemployment because unemployment used to be a third of your earnings now it's a hundred percent of what your earnings were right and then they added extra money to that just to ensure that people could live so when i hear her the woman in the audio clip that we listened to earlier say you know my husband's on unemployment and i know the laws because i pay attention to cnn and stuff throughout this whole thing i know that your husband is receiving a hundred percent of what his earnings were plus some um i don't believe you're hurting so bad you know, I feel bad for my friends who were on unemployment and who want to get on unemployment because they've lost their job and they can't get through to this site because it's always so packed and it keeps crashing. Like her frustrations, I understand. Yours, not so much. You know, it's it's interesting. And the reason why you said something funny, um, not funny, but interesting about the abuse of power. And when we're speaking about abuse, 
Um, I want to talk about manipulation. You said, I don't see how, if you're following this, how you're able to still support him. Let's talk about manipulation. One of my favorite quotes comes from Hitler, believe it or not. <laughs> it, it's, uh, it's, it's very true. It's frightening, but it's true. The quote essentially says, you get a lie, you repeat it often, and people will believe it. Yeah. It's, it's the manipulation of it. You know, you can train a person's mind. And if a person wants to believe something already, for by instance, if if all these radicals, <laughs> you know, people who have an issue with the conservatives or the conservatives and the leftists, if they want to believe something so bad and then you get a person who will stand up and say, this is what it is, they're going to go with that person. It's like a sheep. If you're a hungry sheep, you have a guy with food, what are you going to do? You're going to follow the guy with the food. Like, I don't like to proclaim any political party because honestly, I believe that we all have beliefs on both ends. Mm -hmm. I don't say I'm a conservative. Mm -hmm. I don't say I'm a leftist. I don't say I'm anything. I believe in right and I believe in wrong. Um, And what I believe is that Donald Trump is very manipulative. And I know that because when you have people who are piss poor running around with an American flag saying, make America great again, you can't understand what this man's mission is. His mission is to make the rich richer. I haven't seen his family since this whole COVID-19 thing happened, have you? Not that I can think of. I haven't seen Ivanka. I haven't seen his wife at all for him not to be so concerned about it. I wonder if they're quarantined. Huh. Um, the federal or different states governors have been asking for things like testing. And Donald Trump was quoted on CNN saying, um, it's not our job to stand on the corner and test everybody, meaning the federal government. Um, when in fact the governors were not asking for them to do so, they were asking for resources, which it is their job to provide. In this situation, do you feel there is a way for us to get out of it, seeing that there is lack of help from the federal government, there is lack of resources, and then there's idiots outside protesting? I don't mean to call them idiots, but, you know, for lack of better words. (laughs) (laughs) What do you feel coming out of coronavirus would be like for the United States or just for the world? So, one of the artists that I follow on Insta, who is a part of the art community that I'm slowly becoming a part of, um, because I'm attending this conference, hopefully in June, (laughs) Uh, it's supposed to be, I think... I don't remember when it was supposed to be anymore, (laughs) but it got pushed. Hopefully it'll still be in June, but we'll, we'll find out. Um, But he's a painter, this dude, and he's a great writer too. Um, So we always like write stuff underneath his paintings, but 
he was like doing one of those insta story things so he's like talking during the video um and so he was coming at it from like a biblical perspective i guess and he was saying like yeah so we've been quarantined for about 40 days 40 nights and if you think about it that's sort of like one of those like hallmark archetypal things that pops up in the bible in terms of like you know a group of people goes in 40 days 40 nights and they come out and nothing is the same everything's changed right um and so he was saying like hey like maybe when we come out of this like we're not gonna go quote-unquote back to normal like there is like no going back to normal like we're we're gonna have to like you know get adjusted to something that's different we're coming out of this like changed um you know we can't look at things the same anymore we're not gonna be able to um and once hopefully hopefully we come out of this you know safe and whatnot um we are going to be different something we're we're going to be looking at things different we're some of us you know maybe have lost friends family um so we're going to come out of this and it's not going to be normal um so maybe we're going to have to like get used to a new normal um and so i think it's important to understand that what we expected even back then of like what we expected going into 2020 is not happening obviously and so what we might expect you know coming out of the whole COVID-19 thing will might not you know be true um and so I I guess it's important to uh, a good support system to you know reach out to like people in your community and be able to just like support each other because if we don't have that you know when we come out of this like everything's just gonna fall apart agreed I, I want to touch on the fact of normal I've heard that from a lot of different people you know that when we come out of this it's not going to be normal. And I've been really pressing upon the fact that nothing has ever been normal. Mm. We have never lived in normality. <laughs> I don't think we know what normal is. Yeah. Um, as Americans, we've battled so much toxicity, um, self-hate, yeah. hate within races, like even... And as a person myself who looks at a lot of things that happen with minorities, I have to cleanse myself and make sure that I don't perpetuate the same hate because it's easy yeah. to look at the type of person who's doing these actions and become angry, you know, yeah. and, or it's easy for me to look at, did you, did you recently hear about those kids on TikTok who made that video on how to create a nigger? No. So they put the word nigger, N-I-G-G-E-R, in a 
sink. And the reason why I emphasize nigger is because people like to say, you know, nigger, like as a love of endearment, you know, as yeah, but yeah, when yeah. you put the ER at the end of it, at the end of that word, it's no longer that endearment. It's that nasty term that black people have been called for more than a century. Yeah, right. So it, ex- exactly. Very bad racial sort derogatory, disgusting. Um, they put it in a sink and they had different categories with water. Right. So one of it was like having a dad. There was no water in that cup. Um, another one was like robbing people. We mostly rob white people. They poured that over the word nigger, uh, going to jail. They poured that plus turned on the sink to emphasize that all black people go to jail. Um, being black was one of the qualities of being a nigger. And, um, they posted this on TikTok recently. So as we're all pandemic, they're thinking of derogatory ways to create niggers, right? So, as an educated black woman, I look at this and this makes me angry because what the fuck, <laughs> you know, like yeah. who yeah. thinks to do some shit like this? And then so the video surface, everyone gets a hold of it. It gets to the school that they're going to. They get expelled. Um, they have all these things going on. And then the girl who posted the video comes out and she's saying she's receiving death threats. And though it's hard for me to feel bad for her, no one should threaten anyone's life. That's just wrong. Yeah. Um, but then she says that this shouldn't ruin her future. I'm a teenager. And, um, you know, as a teenager, we do stupid things. A stupid mistake shouldn't ruin my future. And I believe all blacks are human. But you don't you never said you didn't think all blacks were not niggers. So when I see things like that, it frustrates me, right? And then I see the stupid people out protesting because they can't go to work yelling about their human rights and it frustrates me. And I think about all the black men who walk outside who are racially profiled because they're black and it frustrates me. And I think about the fact that you have black men who derogatorily describe black women because we have a stigma about us and it mm. frustrates me. But even in that, I have to remain peaceful and love people and keep telling myself that just because some of them are not that way are that way does not mean that all of them are that way. Yeah. You know, they hate the minimum. Don't hate at all, but if you're going to direct your anger, direct your anger towards people who are doing it, not the mass. Yeah. Um, that's the hard part. And that's something that I'm hoping everyone out of this is able to come out of because more than this being a traumatizing situation when it comes to politics, it's also a traumatizing situation when it comes to society. And just the overall idea of getting along. Yeah. Because their actions are proving once again, not only is this country not as great as they like to proclaim it is, but it's built and is based off of racism. Yeah. It's definitely hard, like you said, to separate like the actions of one person and and like and keeping that apart from like, and keeping your frustration on the, against you know that one person, uh, and keeping that apart from like an entire like group or race of people, um, mm-hmm. and I 
and I have found that like a lot of my friends um or other people that I talk to have difficulty with that as well um so it's something that people definitely need to I guess be mindful and be intentional with that um I'm not saying that it's easy because it's not um but it's something that I think everybody needs to work on for sure well again it's understanding who to be angry with Oh yeah. At some instance, I understand the emotion of anger, but I was watching Judge Mathis because I'm old in spirit. <laughs> um, but he was talking to this guy who lost his mother, and he was like, "That's hard." And the guy was like, "Yeah, it's hard." He's like, "How are you using that anger?" And the guy was like, "What?" He's like, "Are you letting that anger motivate you to do something inspirational?" Or are you letting that anger drive you to do something stupid? And that really stuck out to me in my old soul. (laughs) As I was watching Judge Mathis at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. (laughs) Um, But I feel like we we have all these different emotions of anger. You know, and it's it's wonderful to me to hear about the AACC, correct? Is that what they're called? Uh, Yes. Okay, the AACC. That they're taking that what... I, I would presume would create so much anger and animosity and anxiety and they're flipping it to show love and support and, you know, to create awareness. That's the type of thing that we need. You know, I almost, I've been very selective about my word choices as of lately. So <laughs> the words dumb and idiot have been coming out of my mouth because it's keeping me from saying other things. <laughs> oh, <laughs> But it it's one thing to feel those frustrations, but what are you doing with them? Are you letting them pile up? You know, um, are you using those, that energy to do something positive? You know, hug somebody, talk to somebody who, like the individual who asked me that stupid question about, well, why do you think black people are dying from this? I really use that time as a moment for education. Let me tell you about the black experience and what we go through. Well, why do black people eat all those unhealthy foods? Well, let's talk about where a lot of black people live and the resources that we have in that community. Yeah, It's easier to get McDonald's than it is to get a salad. Let's just be honest, you know, and like when McDonald's, you can get a whole meal for $10 that could potentially feed you and your family. You go to $10 and to the grocery store, you could barely get a pop and meat you know um well why don't black people like going to the doctor well why did why were black women sterilized back in the 70s and 80s without their knowledge there's a lot of different reasons you know so utilizing those stupid questions as educational moments can bring a lot of unity (laughs) i have another question for you um Mm -hmm. We've had a lot of questions. We have a lot of conversations about spirituality mm-hmm. and learning yourself and knowing yourself. Um, yes. Why do you feel people are having so much of a hard time staying at home? Oh, <laughs> okay. There are, yes, there are many, I have many thoughts about this. Um, so one, 
I guess for the people who are not, I guess for, like, the younger people who are, like, maybe single or, you know, like, in their early 20s and whatnot, maybe they have a roommate, whatever, um, I think for them, and I guess, like, I'm in my early 20s, but I'm actually chill with this. Like, this is great, <laughs> guys. Um, <laughs> I guess one thing that some people might struggle with is, like, we're, we have nowhere to go. We're quarantined. And now that we have so much time on our hands, there's a lot more time to just sit and think and and be alone with like our thoughts and our emotions and that makes people uncomfortable <laughs> because they don't know what to do with those they've never had time or space to do do anything with that you know they've never mm-hmm. experienced that before um and so i like to i've had conversations with a couple of my friends about like spiritual or um mental or emotional maturity especially on like the emotional maturity type of thing um especially when it like pertains to like relationships with yourself relationships with others um and if you believe in like a spiritual plane or or, like a god or you know whatever like you know relationships to that um and I feel like if a lot of people are used to of like a busy schedule and always doing things, you know, always doing, um, and they're not used to being, you know, sitting down and being, um, they might have issues with that now that we're quarantined and they have a lot of time to sit, twiddle their thumbs (laughs) and, and deal, have to deal with like this silence. Um, it's the power of silence. Oh, yeah. And the dangers of your thoughts. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I was talking to my older sister about this, and I was telling her, like, can you imagine sitting alone with your demons? Constantly having to, a lot of people, and I think we talked about this too at one point, learning how to cope from trauma and learning how to heal from trauma is two different things oh Um, yeah and the idea of being busy all the time like people who are intentionally busy all the time in my opinion don't want to deal with things just like you said it's like the clutter of the mind if you're always doing something you're always busy you're always listening to something you're always you know watching something you're not giving yourself time to think and self-reflect So I feel that as people are being made to stay home, they have to sit with their demons. Mm. They have to sort things out. And I think that's how come a lot of people are going so crazy because it's hard to have to deal with yourself. It's one thing to have to deal with other people, but like to deal with yourself. um, I'm a very spiritual person. You know this. Mm -hmm. And I was telling my, my, my sister, I'm like, one of the hardest things to do is ask God to reveal yourself to you because he shows you 
your faults. And I don't think any of us are ready for that. (laughs) (laughs) Ain't nobody ready for that. Not at all. Like I, uh, in, in my, my journey of self-healing and learning myself, I actually wrote my last poem toxic because I realized like, fuck, (laughs) like, (laughs) yes, like we're all toxic. Like I am horrible. (laughs) Like the scorpion in me, (laughs) don't get her started. (laughs) She is a mess. Um, But had I not been forced to sit in silence, I don't think I would have ever noticed that about myself. Yeah. You know, or heard my inner voice when was the last time you actually sat and listened to your inner voice Mm. you know people aren't ready for that yeah what do you feel about people who are in need to be who need to be in control all the time I my heart goes out to them (laughs) during this time um because I definitely have a, a a handful of friends who are like freaking the f out right now because everything literally everything is out of their control and they don't know what to do you know um because you know like COVID-19 they can't control that you know people dropping left and right like they they can't go anywhere they have to wear masks they're they're super anxious because like they don't know what's going to happen next. Um, and then they have to worry about taking care of their family and they have to worry about doing this and worry about doing, they're not sure like if they're doing anything right, you know? Um, and they're just super anxious and they're frustrated um, because suddenly like the things that they had planned out um, and had, you know, structured around their day, even their like schedule, it's all blown up and they don't know what to do um and so definitely like I feel for them but I've also like watched as they have you know they're resilient too like I've I've watched as they've sort of like you know after they had their like initial couple days or maybe even a week of like freaking out have kind of just like turned it around and made a new schedule for their family they have um like created their own new rhythm you know um and started making like all of these awesome meals and and taking their anxiety and their frustration and used it for more like creative purposes so some of them have taken to baking some of them have taken to doing arts and crafts with their kids or, you know, some of them have... Oh, kitties. Yeah. Some of them have started doing, like, all of these awesome things. And I'm just like, yes, like, like this this is exactly, like, what you should be doing um, to take care of yourself, you know? Because if you just kind of sit there and, like, <laughs> freak out and and just sit there with all of your emotions... And, like, tense up and freeze, like, that's not good for you, you know? Absolutely not. And you know what it sounds like to me? It sounds like your friends that you're speaking about are utilizing their human rights. Mm. 
they are sheltering in place and taking care of themselves, they're killing it. They are killing it. I think um, when it comes to... I've been so intrigued with the amount of creativity that I've been seeing from people. I was watching WGN because, again, I'm old. And... um, (laughs) There was a guy making small picnic tables for squirrels. Yeah, I saw that. I thought that was the cutest thing, like, ever. Um, There was a guy who had a one-man fashion show. <laughs> um, Another guy who used, like, a humongo, a humongo, ha, humongous, like, cocktail umbrella. And he was, like, doing the hamburger. He was, like, juggling the hamburger on it. Like... <laughs> I have seen such lighthearted activities mm-hmm. that really just make you smile. Like the weatherman allowing his son to help him tell what the weather is going to be. Yeah. Like I thought that was super cute. Um, and even just in my friends, I've seen my friends take this time to do, like I have a friend who started writing poetry again and it's so wonderful because her pen is so beautiful. And I'm just like, Oh, I love you. Um, she's such a motivation to me. Like she does everything. She's a mom. She writes poetry. She's a spiritual guru. I'm just like, oh, yes. yes, like go queen. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a friend who has gotten into doing yoga. So we talk about yoga all the time. And she's like, girl, my body feels so good. I'm like, I'm not telling you. Like it's. <laughs> I have a friend who like fell in love with her husband again. Like all of the good stories that come from this, you really don't hear about. You hear about losses of human rights. <laughs> you know, it's or like my husband. He and I have been spending so much more time together and one day he said, I want to wrestle. And I didn't think of the wrestling that he was thinking of. And so when he, <laughs> when he grand slammed me onto the mattress and pulled my foot up and told me to tap out, I was a little disturbed. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I finally tapped the bed three times, he gets up and say, let's do it again. I was like, no, <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> right. Help. <laughs> somebody save me (laughs) like it just like the child in him and then the joy of loving each other and knowing like hey we're both stuck here let's make the best out of it that's the things I'd like to hear more of that's the beauty of this time I cannot tell you and Again, it's very sad, the situation and the condition of the world and so many people dying. That is horrible. Um, And my heart goes out to any family who has lost anyone, a friend, a family member. I was watching CNN this morning and a bus driver died in Detroit. Um, Sucks where you just you, you get something because you're trying to help. You know, he could have quit his job when this whole thing started, but he didn't. He continued to go to work and made sure that essential workers and people who just refused to stay home got to their destination. And from that, he died. You know, the EMTs that are dying, the firefighters, the police officers, the nurses, the doctors, like, who are putting their lives on the line to save us all. It's it's so disheartening. 
but we have time to make up for all that chatter and stupid stuff and the people you don't get to connect with, you get to call them. And I think that this, in every really dark situation, there comes a little bit of light Mm -hmm. and we just shine more light. Except when my husband tries to wrestle me. (laughs) (laughs) Then someone help. (laughs) Christine, what's one thing you've been able to really do more of and enjoy since this whole quarantine thing started? I've been able to actually do a lot more writing. I have found that despite having a little bit more anxiety, despite being like frustrated sometimes um, of the things that I've been seeing on the news and stuff. I, and also like going, still dealing with a lot of my like health issues. Mm-hmm. I have been able to use those as like fuel and, and write a lot more poetry and actually like write a lot get back into writing like music like songs oh. uh, which like I don't really do because uh, I, I I used to do it back in high school <laughs> ages ago um, but now like all of a sudden I just got back into doing it and um, yeah like it it's just been a burst of creativity for me and I feel like a lot of artists have also found that as well. I guess part of it has also been like being in quarantine. We got nothing else to do. (laughs) So, yeah. I feel like this is our canvas almost Mm. for artists. Like this is a time for you to actually shine your work. I hear so many artists say, oh my God, I would love to write, but I have no time. Or, oh my, like, you have time. Let's hear your voice. You have time. Record that song. You know, and Amazon is still delivering, so if you need some supplies, they'll send it to you. You know, like, be safe while picking up your Amazon packages, though. Gloves, scarves, you know, spray it down with Lysol, open it up, keep your gloves on. You know, like, um, it's It's become, like I said, it's, you can see the earth is trying to heal, you know, and I, I bet not see any of those, you know, nature activists out there protesting, wanting to go back to work. Cause this is definitely what you asked for. <laughs> well, Christine, it is always a pleasure talking to you. We've hit our time limit. Actually, we've actually went above our hour. Um, but oh, yeah. you listen to it so it'll be great we love you thank you for tuning in so let's talk about it and I hope to have you back soon yeah thank you for always being willing to pod with us we love hearing (laughs) I love being on such a good feeling all right guys remember to stay safe you are in our thoughts and prayers and if you are feeling like you want to say anything about your human rights just go on google and type in human rights definition and decide if that's really the right choice of words to use with love always this is may j this is christine have a good night bye
In a world built on art and unorthodox ideas, some run from their destiny. We've decided to embrace who we are. We are artists. We are the color that paints a black and white universe. We make the day-to-day -day unique, fun, and well, we fill it with life. At LLP Media, we work to bring art and expose local artists to those who want to hear our voice. Being a part of LLP Media means working with a team to create exceptional showcases and events for our community. Don't be afraid to share your passion. Come perform with LLP Media.